you're listening to the podcast, The Lookout Guy, and I am Michael Tobin, your lookout guy. This podcast will always be under construction because it is intended to be the grand palace of podcasts. So stay tuned. You are sure to be interested in everything that I have got to bring forth because I am the lookout guy. So stay tuned. Academia 2021 Rising Star Award is a special honor being bestowed upon those artists whose talent and perseverance in the field of music during extraordinary times have created a strong foundation for future success. This is a significant accomplishment to be selected out of thousands of top contenders from all around the world. That said, it is our pleasure to present the 2021 Rising Star Award to... On Betty! It's so surprising that to me when I found out I'm nominated for the Academy Music Awards Rising Star of the Year. This year I've been working on my music a lot. I've become a member of several international professional organizations such as Indie Collaborative and Rocket Music Incorporated. And I did a lot of online events for musicians from different countries. Well, the music is a life and a job for me. And you know, any job needs to be done with pleasure. The life needs to be meaningful. I wish all the nominees to keep composing music, writing songs, because of every musician deserves to be hard in this world. Thank you so much.
And you just heard Anne Vidie from last year at the Academia Awards accepting her award for the Rising Star. And this year, she received already recently the nomination for Outstanding Legacy Award nominee. So that's the upcoming Academia Awards. Also... Prior to receiving word of her nominee for the Academia, she also has nine nominations for the Holland Red Carpet Indie Music Awards. And I have her songs queued up already. And this is a preliminary podcast episode to an interview with Anne Vidie and myself, but following is time-sensitive information about the latest on the Tonga Volcano, and I will explain it to you. It was recorded yesterday, and it is still time-sensitive and up-to-date, and you heard it here first concerning Antarctica. We've already heard four continents already was affected by tsunamis from the Tonga volcano from last Saturday the 15th of January. And following is some information on that and more on Anne Vidi's nominations for the Holland Red Carpet Awards. So stay tuned. This is going to be awesome. An awesome update. Keep Tonga in prayer and keep the world in prayer and continue to support the thing that keeps us all together. It's one of the many things instrumental in keeping us all together and that is music. So stay tuned. Here is my preliminary intro to the nominated songs and information towards Anne Vidi's uh, nominations, nine nominations and, and four songs and you're going to love it. Anne Vidi, she has been in, involved in music for her whole life. She, she's an instrumentalist, a songwriter, a poet, prolific in piano keyboards violin and you're you're going to love it and you can look at my archives for all of the uh, music that I have featured with Anvidi so here is my preliminary from yesterday and it is still time sensitive up to date the latest on the Tonga volcano Okay, thank you for joining me again on the Lookout Guy podcast. And I'm Michael Tobin, your Lookout Guy. Today I am going to focus more on my commentary on the Tonga volcano that erupted last Saturday. Today being Friday, January 21st, it erupted on the 15th of January, Saturday of this year the new year 2022 and I also have featured artists once again since about a year ago my friend Anne Vidi all the way from Russia and ironically Russia also figures into this Tonga volcano because it was felt all the way from just below the southern hemisphere lies a group of islands a nation island group of an island nation which is a group of islands in the nation of Tonga and it is pretty much due east of New Zealand and the northern part of Australia and the effects of the tsunami was reached all the way to a part of Russia. In fact, roughly over 5,000 miles away, it was actually heard 
in Alaska. And for the past few days, I was doing some web searches on Antarctica because there was nothing nothing about Antarctica. And lo and behold, there's finally an article today that is awesome. And I've got a few awesome resources that I will put in the description of this podcast that you can uh, do some homework and read it. And one of the most fantastic articles was from BBC. They did a map with a timeline on what part of the globe affected the blast in the atmosphere and how many hours it took to reach these parts of the globe. But basically, the blast effect it traveled through the atmosphere all the way around the Earth at least twice. And now in this article uh, concerning Antarctica, it says that even now, Six days after the volcano eruption, the wave, the the atmospheric waves are still going around the globe over and over again. And scientists are puzzled about this. The the blast reached, they're saying, halfway between Earth and outer space. They're saying that it reached like 20-something miles at first, they were saying 12 plus miles, but it, it, now it's 20 plus miles. And I, I was planning to read excerpts from uh, about three articles, but I'm just going to read this one from today because it covers bits and pieces of the most pertinent information from what we've been learning through the past few days. And this is an amazing event. But Saturday's uh, Tonga volcano eruption was amazing in so many ways but I'm I'm kind of saddened for the world's Tongan population who have gone all these days without any word uh, from the nation and now barely any word uh, who lost nearly all communication uh, capabilities about their loved ones they their literal connection to the rest of the world is from fiber optic cables. One fiber optic cable. And it is maintained from ships that are based in, uh, I believe, Fiji, Australia. Is, and they, they are, are still unable to repair the fiber optic cable that was severed during the blast. Because they don't know what's coming next or when. So... Further, a 50-year-old British woman was the first reported casualty out of uh, out of three so far, and her husband survived. The whole Earth's pressure system changed as far to the other side of the world, to the United Kingdom also, within mere hours after the eruption, and I learned that from the, uh, the BBC article. And I will... Uh, explain the timeline uh, further on as well from that but otherwise I'll have the articles listed in the uh, podcast description so the whole earth was affected within 15 hours literally four continents were affected by the tsunamis and it was heard in Alaska as I said over 5,000 miles away and the U.S. is roughly 3,000 miles from coast to coast. So imagine over 5,000 miles in Alaska heard it loud and clear. So mostly it saddens me that, generally speaking, most cannot see when God works. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm leading to God. He is working. And who knows if God did this or he simply allowed this to happen. But now it's, the whole world scientists are so baffled. It, it's, it's just amazing. But regardless, if we can't see the magnificence of God in such a thing, we're in sad shape. A couple of scriptural references from the Bible in Hebrews. In the New Testament, chapter 12, verse 25, See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth... Much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Uh, 
whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. And back in the Old Testament, in the book of Haggai, chapter 2, verse 6, it says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I wonder how much of the earth was shaken when when Jesus was crucified. The, The scriptures tell us that when Jesus gave up the ghost, when he gave up his spirit, when his body died, the sky turned black and the earth shook. I wonder if that's what Haggai was speaking of. And there was also another earthquake, the scripture referenced, that God is going to shake the earth as he did in this particular time past. So we see God operating in natural disasters. And uh, so... Finally, after a lot of reports, just within a couple of days, there was an optimistic article. And I've been checking hourly and daily. And I've got a few amazing previous articles, like I mentioned, to reference since Saturday, but need to take some time and effort, which I'm doing now, to finally present them in my podcast, along with some great news from my friend, indie artist, Ann Videe. And in case you missed it, you can listen to my last podcast where I mentioned Tonga and its significance on a global scale along with my same friend, Ann Videe's music before her good news was released. Of what is this good news? It's nine nominations to the upcoming Holland Red Carpet Awards. She was notified of just uh, six days ago is the time that I'm uh, speaking to you right now here on the 21st of January 2022 and today or three days ago I believe she received notification she has been nominated once again for the Academia 2022 Outstanding Legacy Award nomination so I'll have more of that and more amazement on Tonga as well. And I also have an article from AP News, which is the the uh, optimistic one, and then Anvidee's five nominated songs she was nominated for, which are included in total of nine nominated categories. She goes back pretty far on, on being nominated and actually winning awards Uh, But it's beginning with nominations for number one, Female Musician of the Year. Number two, Best Voice All Genre Female. Number three, Female Original and Cover Entertainer of the Year. Number four, Pop Original Female with her song Music Heals. Number five, Female Best Song of the Year All Genre Original for her song Gain a Victory. And that was... Uh, done with uh, her friend Claire Steffen. She's also an award winner. Number six, female for video of the year for the song Following Trails with Antonio Vergara. And he's in Latin America, whom she also did, just released last late last year, the song called Anaxima. It's a compilation CD from musicians, indie musicians from all over the world. So this song for Female Video of the Year for the song Following Trails also with Antonio Vergara. Number seven, Gospel Christian Original Female for the Christmas song that covers both Orthodox Christmas as well as Western Civilization Christmas, the song Savior's Birthday. And that was awesome. She had it just in time about a week before 
uh, Western civilization Christmas in a couple, couple, few weeks before the Orthodox Christmas for her part of the world. That So that is amazing. Number eight, pop original band trio duo for the song Gain of Victory. And that's with her friend Claire Steffen. And number nine, pop rock cover Sweet Home Alabama with Imran Ahmed. And more on that uh, later. But I will read just a few articles in total. Explains how amazing this volcano eruption was in affecting the whole earth along with biblical significance that I just read that should comfort us all and dispel all fear in the midst of turmoil of every kind all around the globe. So I always like to say pray for your nation, pray for your immediate surroundings, pray for the world. And so moving forward, I will also have for you an interview. Finally, I get to speak with Ann Videe. And so I'll have an interview with extraordinary singer, songwriter, poet, composer, um, opera house performer, keyboardist, pianist, violinist, and Videe. And after the interview, I have in queue already the songs in order of what she has been nominated for with the 2022 Academia Awards and the Holland Red Carpet Awards. Uh, we'll be starting off with Music Heals, followed by Gain of Victory. Followed by Anne Videe and Antonio Vergara. Following Trails. And that's from a live performance from October 7th of 2021. And Anne Videe's Christmas song, Savior's Birthday, which was released on December 21st of last year. And finally, Anvidi and Imran Ahmed, their cover of Sweet Home Alabama. And that's one of her nominations for a cover song that she had done. So that's going to be at the Red Carpet Awards as well in, in Holland. And that's a Leonard Skinner cover of Sweet Home Alabama. And something that I found on the web, you could go to YouTube and search Anne Videe, that's A-N-V-E-D-I, Anne Videe, and the song is going to be an instrumental called Violin Monster from September of last year. Here on The Lookout Guy with me, Michael Tobin, your host for The Lookout Guy podcast. So this article that I'm actually going to read for you before uh, describing uh, a map graphic from BBC, this article is from today. It's awesome because it's brief and and it compiles everything that that scientists are just amazed of from t- an article from today from the nationalgeographic.com. Uh, it's titled "The Volcanic Explosion in Tonga Destroyed an Island and Created Many Mysteries." Everything so far about this eruption is off the scale weird, from its deafening blast to its wide Pacific-wide tsunami. Actually, this is the National Geographic one from, uh, yeah, from today. For many years, the Hunga Tonga Hunga Ha'apai volcano poked above the waves as a pair of narrow rocky islands. One named Hunga Tong and the other Hunga Ha'apai. An eruption in 2014 built up a third island that later connected the trio into one landmass. And when the volcano awoke in December of last year, the uninhabited island at the peak's tip slowly grew as bits of volcanic rock and ash built up new land. Then then came 
the catastrophic eruption on January 15. As seen in satellite images, only two tiny outcrops of rock now betray the beast lurking beneath the waves. But whether it happened in weeks or years, the volcano will rise again. This cycle of destruction and rebirth is the lifeblood of volcanoes like Hunga Tonga Hunga Ha'apai, which is just... See, that's a, a combination of the names of both islands. That's why when they say the name of the volcanoes, they, it includes the name of both islands, which are on each side of the cone. So that's why it has a multiple name when listing it which is just one of many that dot the kingdom of Tonga still the tremendous energy of this latest explosion which NASA estimated to be equivalent to five to six million tons of TNT is unlike any seen in recent decades the eruption sent a tsunami racing across the Pacific Ocean it unleashed a sonic boom that zipped around the world twice it sent a plume of ash and gas shooting into the stratosphere some 19 miles high, with some parts reaching as far as 34 miles up. And perhaps most remarkably, all these effects came from only an hour or so after the volcanic fury. And remind you, this article is from yesterday. I'm also going to uh, read from you read for you from the one about Antarctica that I've been researching on online for the past few days. Nothing about Antarctica except for an article from today. So everything so far about this eruption is off the scale weird, says Janine Krippner, a volcanologist with Smithsonian's Global Volcanism Program. Scientists are now racing to work out the cause behind this week's intense outburst and the surprisingly widespread tsunamis that followed. Some clues to what set the stage for such a powerful explosion may come from the chemistry of rocks that cooled from lava in the past eruptions. In a new study published in the Journal of Lithos, scientists found key differences between the erupted material of small and large blasts, and now they are curious what the chemistry of this latest event might reveal. And that's how far I'm going to go in this article and mention that if you see anything about fears of acid rain and... uh pollution effects it has already been noted by scientists that this particular blast does not have the acid rain it just has uh, salty chemicals in it and the ash that has covered the water it's not poisoning the water but if you drink it it is very salty so thankfully that is the only effect on groundwater or the world's atmosphere that this particular volcano will have. So that is awesome. And that's another puzzling thing that scientists uh, have, have run into. So I'll have this article so you could read the rest of it in the podcast description. So now for that one from today, because it's got updated information from previous articles. Let's see. It's It's the... Here it is. It's the one mentioning Antarctic. And it's from a publication called WABE. W-A-B-E. Nuclear test monitor calls Tonga volcano blast biggest thing that we've ever seen. The explosive volcanic eruption in Tonga on Saturday appears to dwarf the largest nuclear detonations ever conducted, according to a global group that monitors for atomic testing. The shock wave from the blast was so powerful that it was detected as far away as Antarctica. So you're probably hearing it first from me. I've been doing keyword search Antarctica Tonga volcano and, and nothing came up until today. So the shockwave from the blast was so powerful that it was detected as far away as Antarctica. 
says Ronan Lee Bross, a geophysicist with the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty Organization in Vienna, Austria, which oversees an international network of remote monitoring stations. In total, 52 detectors around the planet Earth heard the low-frequency boom from the explosion as it traveled through the atmosphere. It was the loudest event the network had detected in more than 20 years of operation, according to Labras. Every single station picked it up, he says. It's the biggest thing that we've ever seen. And further on, this is the article that says not only twice, but it keeps the effects of the blast keeps traveling around the earth over and over. So it's not just two times. So as large as the explosion was, it was not nuclear in any way, Lebras adds. Radioactive fallout, the telltale sign of a true nuclear explosion, was not detected at any station. So anybody who's wondering, is it has man done anything to do this? No. Uh, so... The Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty Organization was set up in 1996 to monitor for nuclear weapons tests anywhere on Earth. Although the Test Ban Treaty has yet to be entered into force, the organization has set up an extensive network designed to watch for signs of a nuclear blast. In the past, the network has picked up North Korea's underground nuclear test and radioactive fallout from the Fukushima nuclear accident. This time, seismic, hydroacoustic, and infrasound stations all picked up the violent explosive eruption of the volcano, which took place on 15 January. Infrasound, which listens for sound waves lower than what humans can hear, is particularly useful at detecting the rumble of far-off explosions. According to Labras, atmospheric measurements in Austria... Roughly 10,000 miles from the eruption site detected a shockwave that was 2 hectopascals in strength. By comparison, the largest nuclear weapon ever tested, the Soviet Union's Tsar Bomba, generated a shockwave of just 0.5 to 0.7 hectopascals in New Zealand. So it was detected in New Zealand which sets at a comparable distance from Russia's nuclear test site in Novaya Zemlya. Similar readings were picked up in other parts of Europe. Even now, days after the eruption, Labras says the network can continue to detect the faint echo of the shock waves as it circles the Earth's atmosphere again and again. Labras declined to predict just how big the volcanic eruption in Tonga was, citing the CTBTO's rules against estimating the size of nuclear detonations. But Margaret Campbell-Brown, a physicist at the University of Western Ontario in Canada who uses infrared to study meteors as they enter the atmosphere, says she thinks it was at least as large as the 50 megaton Soviet test in 1961. A very rough back-of-the-envelope calculation suggests that the energy was around 50 megatons, says Campbell-Brown. We haven't done the real analysis that it would need, but it doesn't seem like it would be smaller. A previous estimate from a team of NASA scientists put the explosion at perhaps 6 to 10 megatons, but Labras says he believes the infrasound data shows the explosion might be far larger. I think these estimates are underestimating the yield, he says. Jim Garvin, the chief scientist at NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center in Greenbelt, Maryland, who made the original estimate, is more cautious. We have to be careful to com- to compare it to a nuclear explosion because it's a different process, Garvin says. His team's calculations are based purely on the energy required to destroy the island around the volcano. That island had been closely monitored since its first form since it first formed in 2015. And Garvin says he believes the group's calculations are accurate 
for the energy required to obliterate it. And I'm going to add that since December, when there were rumblings in that volcano, scientists were warning all of the citizens to stay away from the coastal areas, which is being credited for saving many lives from the effects of the tsunami. So people were heeding the advice to stay away, and that's why there's only three reported deaths so far. So continuing in this article, our estimate is based on moving stuff, he says, but it does not include other forms of energy, such as the energy released by the water turning to steam as it touches molten rock or magma. It will take time, he believes, to get a true estimate of the size of the Tonga eruption. When the teams all get together and put these numbers together, the energy balance will come out, he says. The exact cause of the explosive eruption at the island, known as Hunga Tonga Hunga Haapai, remains a mystery. Garvin and his team believe the root cause was a massive influx of seawater into a chamber filled with magma. And I'm going to add that one article says that the tip of the volcano was actually about... Uh, I think 600 feet above uh, seawater at the time that it, that it erupted. So that's just a by the way. So going forward, the island had been growing rapidly as recently as December of last year, and Garvin suspects that the plumbing beneath the surface shifted as the island expanded. But even that explanation requires a lot more fleshing out, says Ken Rubin, a volcanologist at the University of Hawaii in Manoa. Simply putting rock and magma into contact won't always generate an explosion, he says. There's this kind of golden ratio where you have just the right amount of both, Rubin says. At that point, water flashing into steam can expose more molten rock, allowing more water to flow in in what he describes as a chain reaction. The eruption is especially puzzling because the explosion was so powerful given the amount of magma believed to be released by the volcano. Volcanologists suspect it was much smaller than the eruption at Mount Pinatubo in 1991. Gases released by... That eruption changed the weather on a global scale, something that is not expected from the Tonga eruption. So this article even mentions that also. Uh, I remember from reading that the Mount Pinatubo 1991 explosion, it affected the temperature. It cooled the earth. So going forward, the extent of the eruption's effects on the island nation of Tonga are just now becoming clear. So far, the government has reported three deaths, but many dozens of homes and other structures were damaged by a tsunami. Ash has polluted the grounds and water, raising fears of shortages. Relief flights have begun to arrive from Australia. Australia carrying drinking water, but so far the Tongan government is trying to limit contact because of fears about spreading COVID-19 among the nation's inhabitants. So two things. One of the things that scientists are, are puzzled about is why the small tsunamis so near to the volcano, but large tsunamis so many thousands of way in Peru, South America, Central America, and, and the west coast of the United States. Uh, they're saying that because it was a tsunami generated by a volcano eruption, the earthquakes generate naturally generate large tsunamis. But this volcano one, it is not normal to generate large tsunamis, but they're saying that the blast in the atmosphere helped push the water, force the water, which in turn made the tsunamis larger, farther away. So that's pretty puzzling. Everything about this volcano eruption is puzzling to scientists. But going forward, Rubin says that shallow ocean volcanoes like the one at Hunga Tonga, Hunga Haapai, exist around the globe, but they are far from 
the most part unmonitored. That's in large part because it's expensive to develop and maintain undersea instruments. He thinks the eruption in Tonga may focus new resources on studying and monitoring volcanic activity under the sea. And that would be a really good thing. The vast majority of volcanoes on the planet are in the ocean, not on land, Rubin says. Many of them are very deep, but there are enough of these submarine volcanoes in this right depth range that we should pay more attention to them. And I agree. So now, going back to the BBC, in concluding with uh, my commentary here on Tonga, I want to find that Here it is. This is from the BBC article. I love BBC only in the sense that they are good at their punctuation, their grammar, their writing, their spelling, and they are very detailed in what they focus on. Uh, Tonga eruption, how its impact spread so widely and violently. I'll have that up in the description, uh, podcast description. So here's a, a map of the globe shock waves from eruption felt across the globe meteorologists see change in atmospheric pressure from the time of the volcanic eruption it took 6.3 hours to reach the west coast of perth australia now tonga it it lies due west of northern australia and is uh, a little south of New Zealand. New Zealand is directly above Australia. So with Tonga being east of the east coast of Australia, it took 6.3 hours to reach Perth, Australia, which is on the west coast, the southwest coast of Australia. 6.3 hours to reach the west coast of Australia. 8.3 hours to reach Anchorage, Alaska. Two and a half hours, Wellington, New Zealand. Ten hours, Fargo. That's Fargo. Gosh, I, I thought Fargo was in North Dakota or something. But that's the, the middle of the United States, the mainland United States. It took ten hours to reach Fargo, United States, and 15 hours to reach Bryce Norton, United Kingdom. So that's amazing. You're going you're gonna to love these articles that I post for you. So that's it for Tonga. Now going into my featured artists, what I've been waiting for from my good friend in Russia, Anne Vidie. Her songs that have been nominated into the Holland Red Carpet Awards and my interview with Anne Vidie. And as I said earlier in the uh, podcast, this was uh, from yesterday. Uh, to be preliminary to my interview with Ann Vidie. And as of now, I am awaiting uh, the results of that uh, interview so I can have it for you in my uh, a following podcast on The Lookout Guy. So once again, thank you for joining me on The Lookout Guy podcast. I'm Michael Tobin, your Lookout Guy. Stay tuned. I've got another episode coming up with Shield of Faith with Mark Benefield, lead guitarist and lead singer of Shield of Faith. They're going to be live at the garage just up the road for, from where I'm at. So God bless you. Stay tuned for my next podcast and stay tuned for that interview with my good friend in Russia. Such a time constraint. It's it could be like noon here, and it would be 11 p.m. where she's at on the other side of the world. So you can understand the time constraint and the challenge of getting uh, communication at a good time. So God bless you again. Thank you for joining me on the Lookout Guy podcast.
I'm actually going to uh, leave you with uh, two songs. One from Anvidi from September of last year called Violin Monster and followed by my good friend. I always give you an Easter egg in my podcast. My good friend Ricky Davis with my favorite song, Paint Your Own Picture. And this is, uh, I can't recall when when he created this song, but it's not that old. Uh, This is one of his uh, original recordings of Paint Your Own Picture following Anne Bede's Violin Monster on the Lookout Guy podcast.
your own picture take away the gray clouds you paint your own picture yeah sing it loud
say I'm with you, I don't mean it like an expression, like I'm saying, I know what you mean, I mean, I'm with you. <laughs> 